Yo, what up, podcast? Two rowdy vegans. What is up, Friday? Or actually, it's it's more like Saturday right now. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, Friday went by. It's like Saturday morning right now. It's like 1:30 a.m. and I completely forgot to put this episode together. So that's why I'm throwing it up right now. But anyways, what we got this week is a, a very special episode. I, I feel like I say that every week, but I'm really excited about this one because this is the first time in, in a while that I've gotten to sit down with Renee um, just face to face in person. Um, it's, it's really been wild, and uh, so I'm, I'm really excited. Basically, what we did in this episode is we caught up on all the things that have been going on with the two Rowdy Vegans, with the Rancher Advocacy Program, and uh, kind of talking about, you know, just our experiences and, and the ways in which we've grown um, since the start of this podcast, and, and really, you know, how we've grown through our journeys, um, and uh, it's, it's kind of cool. It's nostalgic, you know, we've kind of been doing this for about six months now the two rowdy vegans you can hear dagger in the background he's he's a dog i don't know if you can hear him but um anyways i really hope you enjoy this episode i'm really excited to share this with you i think we talked about a lot of things that could bring you a lot of value if you also hear this showering noise behind that's my friend hudson tarlow taking a shower (laughs) that's kind of funny we're at his house right now but anyways hope you enjoy this episode rambles it's a long intro but anyways enjoy this episode of the two rowdy vegans see you inside two 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 rowdy vegans two 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 rowdy vegans two 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 rowdy vegans two 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 rowdy vegans, two, two rowdy vegans, one plus one equals two rowdy vegans. So I'm, I'm really excited because for a couple of reasons, like this is the first time in a while that we get to do podcast episodes like in person together, which is kind of cool. I know it. Um, but also this, where we're sitting right now is where we recorded the first episode. I was thinking that too. Yeah, which was just about six months ago. I was feeling pretty nostalgic about that too. And the reason why I wanted to sit here is because this is where I was sitting before. Yeah. And when it, like, that's like half a year. So I think this is about 20, like, we're like 25, 26 episodes in, which is pretty cool. Wow. Um, that's so cool. We've just, just kept putting one foot in front of the other. And how many people did you say are reviewing our episodes? Um, I don't know. It's anywhere between like 180 to like 300 ish, depending on the episode. Um, so it's kind of cool. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, blows we appreciate my mind. it so much. Yeah, it blows my mind too, especially because it's something that we've, we've been doing kind of more passively where it's like, uh, you know, I still don't really know how to, I don't even know how to engage with people who are like listening to the podcast really because there's no comment section. I <laughs> like, don't even like, you know, know how many people are watching uh, or listening. I don't even know. I just know it's fun. Uh, it's fun to do. I enjoy the, um, the interaction that, you know, we have and yeah. what we do when we, we interview others. I think there's a real cool, you know, snappy thing that happens, yeah. and it's uh, it's it's good, man. And it's happening for the animals. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, the the content's getting shared, and that's what's cool. Yeah. So what's been going on with Rowdy Girl since <laughs> six months ago? I guess. Well, we finally sold. Um, we sold this sanctuary. I mean, not the sanctuary, but the land that the sanctuary sits on, and um, we bought another property Mm -hmm. in Walder Mm -hmm. up near Austin, San Antonio. And for those of you out there that don't know, um, you know, we flooded out here twice, uh, 2016 and 2017. Uh, Harvey just really uh, did us in. And we knew then that we were going to have to move. I mean, granted, the first time, you know, you think, well, you know, maybe that won't happen in another right. hundred years, yeah. you know, yeah. since it was a hundred year flood. Yep. But then when the next year it happened again and it was a 500 year flood event, obviously 
you know, climate change is real and it's happening right out here. The, the Brazos River is just, you know, a mile down the road. Yeah. And I envision, you know, the Brazos River being, you know, up here one day. I mean, when you look around and you see the mark on these trees where the river was. Um, yeah, I remember Tommy showed me the first time we came here. <laughs> it was like, it's crazy. It's like way up there. It's so scary, you know, so I don't want to ever have to evacuate these animals again. I'd right. rather move on purpose. Because basically each time that that happens, you have to evacuate everyone, then come back. Yeah, we have to evacuate everybody. We have to find homes for, you know, now we have 133 animals. I mm -hmm. mean, last time we evacuated, we had, I think it was 90 animals or so. Right. And the time before that, it was 80-something. And now we have 133 because we have so many chickens now. And when you're evacuating chickens, you have to put them in kennels. They get really hot. Uh, you know, chickens are very delicate. And they, when you move them out of their surroundings into just staying in cages, which mm -hmm. is what they have to do mm -hmm. when they're uh, evacuated for, you know, two weeks, mm -hmm. which, which is usually what, what it is, mm -hmm. two weeks. Um, you know, it's, it's hard on them. So... You know, I'd much rather evacuate uh, or move on purpose, mm -hmm. not have to evacuate. Because yeah. somebody asked me the other day, yeah. they said, uh, how are you going to move all those animals? I'm going to suck my nest. Yeah, it's crazy. Part. <laughs> really? <laughs> we, we, we've evacuated twice on, right. when we've had to. This is going to be the easy part. We're going to be able to actually plan, <clears throat> hopefully, you know, mm -hmm. hurricane seasons in June. Yep. So you're planning to be out of here by September, right, pretty much? Yeah, June 7th we close on this land here in Angleton. Yep. And then um, we have a lease back at no at no rent at all through September 15th. Mm -hmm. That's wild. Is that a, that's bigger, right, over there, I heard? It's uh, 147 acres. Yeah. So it is it. bigger. But there's a lot of work to do. Right. You know, there's no real structures to uh, speak of except for a small... Um, home that was built in the 40s yeah and that's where me and tommy are going to live while we build our house got it and then that'll eventually be you know like a volunteer or employee home right site. makes sense so what does it take to actually move a sanctuary say so like i like this is a question that i get i'm sure you get this a lot more than i do but sometimes people are like i want to start a sanctuary like <laughs> what do i do oh my gosh you know what i would always recommend and you know my heart was broken when I started Rowdy Girl Sanctuary. I was so shattered because I had just gone vegan and, you know, began to see all these animals as um, sentient beings, just like my dogs and cats. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was, you know, I had to save these animals from slaughter, period. Mm -hmm. uh, and the only way that I could see doing that was to create a sanctuary. Uh, I I had business background, you know, and yep. marketing background, mm -hmm. and I wasn't scared to put myself out there, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I had never, ever started a sanctuary, so I reached up to, you know, Susie Costin mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, Jean Bauer mm -hmm. at Farm Sanctuary. Mm -hmm. You know, they really gave me some good guidance right. and the folks there, and, yeah. you know, what I recommend is if you really are serious about starting a farm sanctuary, an animal sanctuary like this, um, you know, reach up to people that have really done this. Farm Sanctuary has a great guide mm -hmm. on how to mm -hmm. do this. Um, they really do. Yeah. And, you know, one of these days I hope to go to their, um, to their, like, I think they got a week long course or something. Yeah. I've never attended it, but, yeah. uh, you know, I've just, I've just sought a lot of guidance and direction. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. 
Yeah, because it's a huge project. I think like, because I, I know some people who just start like smaller sanctuaries, especially, and it's kind of like, um, you know, when you really want to make it happen, there, there's a lot more that goes into it. I mean, you have to figure it out like legally. I mean, you have to make this a nonprofit, which I know you did like in a really, really fast time. And then if you're getting your land like you are with the new place, you got to basically build that land so it's fit to be a sanctuary. And there are many different people involved and people are going to say like, okay, like you should build pens here and like not here and all that. Uh, so it's a huge project for sure. Um, but I also think, uh, you know, part of what I've been understanding from the movement um, and part of the argument against, you know, people will say like, oh, like if the world goes vegan tomorrow, then what are we going to do with all these animals? They're going to overpopulate and, and all that. And you know, obviously that's not true because it's going to be gradual. Um, and part of that solution is eventually going to be sanctuaries. Uh, the way that I, I understand it, at least, is that, uh, you know, we're aiming for a world where at the end of the day, like, these animals are not exploited at all, so it doesn't happen right. at all. But in, meanwhile, the ones who are exploited are going to have to find a home, um, which is also, that reminds me, a huge part of um, the, one of the big questions that you're asking yourself right now with the Rancher Advocacy Program with uh, all these farms and ranches who are transitioning. And for example, with the Barretts, um, you can listen to their story. They're ex-chicken farmers who became vegan and who are now transitioning their business into a plant-based business. Uh, you can listen to their story on, I think, episode seven or eight of this podcast. It's called How to Save 700,000 Chickens Per Year because they used to um, have this operation that, um, was it like 52,000 chickens would be sent to slaughter every 52 days? Yep. Or, or 100,000 every 52 yeah, 100, days? Yeah, 100,000 every 52 um, days. And uh, and so, so now they've changed, but they're also cattle ranchers. And so now with all the calves that were born in the meantime, they have about 240 cows. Is that correct? 240. And they got a calf named Brad mm -hmm. that will just steal your heart. Yeah. The calves are so cute. I never, I, ne I never knew calves were like that cute until I saw them in person. Like they're so cute on video. But they're so they're like really small. They're tiny and they're just adorable. Um, but we got to figure out what we're going to do with all these animals because they got to find a home. So somewhere. that's the question, you know. the 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 million dollar question is, what do we do with all these animals? Mm -hmm. What do we do with them? If we're going to rescue ranches, and this is what we have to do, we have to um, stop the flow of the animals into the cell barns. We have to stop the flow of the chickens into the slaughterhouses. If we stop the flow, you you uh, stop the motion, you know. And uh, the only way we can do that is if we really put our heads together as a movement mm -hmm. and determine, you know, hey, you know, there's all this land on planet Earth, and it's uh, being used wrongly, and we need to, you know, use our heads and figure out how to use the land right and give it back to the freaking animals. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, we ought to be able to figure this equation out. Mm -hmm. Why is it so hard? I mean, I think if we all really thought about it and put our heads together, you know, we could figure out how to do this. Mm -hmm. um, there's land trust, you know, that we can do. You know, there's conservation easements. Uh, we just need some folks that can help us uh, volunteer to uh, do the research to get this done you know we need land available ready so that when we rescue a farm that has cows pigs chickens we can then go into the next phase of what we need to do to create that new type of sanctuary which is figure out how we're going to do this because you can't do it the same way you do a typical sanctuary right it's got to be done with that next evolution of um sustainability for the environment mm -hmm. you know uh, we got to take care of the land, you know, when we put the animals on there. So we're going to have to figure out how to do that with holistic 
type measures uh, so that we can grow the kind of grasses, the kind of weeds, the kind of foliage and all that the animals need to uh, sustain themselves. These animals know how to graze. They know how to eat. They know what to eat, what not to eat. You know, they don't need humans feeding them. And that's what it's become. It's become a, a terrible situation where these animals are in confined, closed, horrible conditions with no sunlight, no food, no regular food that they or should be eating. Mm -hmm. uh, they're even fed animal uh, pieces or animal bodies. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they need we need to figure out how to give them back the land so and figure out what to do with the land so that they can eat normal on the land. They can actually deworm themselves with, uh, you know, the herbs and uh, the roots or whatever that grow in the land. They know how to do that. Mm -hmm. They know how to take care of their gut. They don't need a human to do it for them. Right. You know, this is what we've done, and we got to figure this out. You know, um, and then this is and it's going to it's going in this direction. I really do think it is. Yeah. That's really exciting. I know that um, since we started the podcast, there was, well, first, uh, Holly and Davey from um, Starlove Ranch were part of the program already, the second cattle ranch in Texas uh, that's going vegan. Since then, we've added Jennifer and Rodney. And from what I hear, there's also Richard and Cindy, which we've done many episodes on, uh, which is it's kind of exciting to talk about it now, I guess, because the entire conversation is basically out there. But um, in the podcast, we've done like a six-part kind of series where it's a conversation that you had. Um, with Tommy and Cindy and Richard, who are cattle ranchers. We went there to rescue their cow um, honey and ginger, which I assume they're doing well right now. And do you know you were there? You captured every single bit of that footage? Yeah. I mean, that was a fluke that you were even there right. to do that. I mean, this last, how many, how many episodes was that? That was like six episodes in total, kind of dispersed. Six episodes that, you, that would have never, ever, ever been put on the air yeah had you not been there and that's some of the most amazing content to actually see and witness a rancher that was having an epiphany in his own living room yeah and that's one thing that i think that a lot of people could learn from i think a lot of people have incredible experiences like this um in the position that you're in for example you get to talk to ranchers and farmers and have these types of conversations I, like for me it was my first time really witnessing that but i know that you've told me many stories of uh you know like ranchers wives calling you and like uh, all, all this cra all these crazy experiences that i would never have because ranchers wives are not gonna call me right, right? um and similarly for example dr riz who we had on the show as well. I don't know if this episode will come out before or after. I haven't figured that out yet. But um, he's a vascular surgeon who was talking about how in his operating room, he sometimes talks about, um, you know, a plant-based diet because he's operating on these, uh, on the patient. And it just makes sense to talk about that because they're just kind of there. And he calls it like he has his captive audience. And uh, so he just talks about it. And what I realized is that I'm sure there are many people who have, incredible positions like that where they have experiences like that that the world would really want to see like i want to see what goes on in the operation room. Like, that, that would be like imagine like we could actually see that um, i'm sure many people would be super excited to see the types of conversations that you are having say with richard or um cindy you know that's something that's really unique like i have seen um say podcasts or videos where people are talking to um like ranchers or farmers but what's so cool with this is that it's completely candid 
um, and it's basically just a part of your life. Yeah, it's um, a part of my life, and it and you were there, and you caught that moment um, beautifully. Yeah, and it's amazing because these folks are now. Uh, I mean, they called me yesterday while I was at the Bikes for Better Health uh, conference with you. They called, you know, wanting to know well, when we're getting started, you know. Yeah, and I couldn't say I couldn't for sure even enter them in the program until I knew for a fact that they were going to uh, be willing to be educated on um you know veganism and you know because they're they're willing to learn they're not vegan yet so uh but they they do believe that it's possible yeah they just uh don't know how to get there you know yeah. and so i know the wife cindy is more inclined than than uh richard but uh they told me yesterday they were more than willing to go through the uh training that mm -hmm. Dr. Banda Nachala and Manish Chala are going to uh donate. Uh it's a nine hundred dollar program that they're gonna get six weeks of telemedicine uh through their program that they've just created called Lifestyle Docs. That's incredible. I know. Yeah, that's really exciting. And if you've listened to the conversation, you'll see that's um, I, I don't know, at least back then it seemed like they were really close. Like, I know in the last episode, like, Tommy made a joke towards the end that he was like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if Richard was vegan next week. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, he was, he was, he was all about it. And I think, uh, you know, it really showed, like, if you listen to the entire conversation or even just parts of it, you'll see that, um, Richard, who is someone who stereotypically you might think, oh, would never be interested in, in, in being vegan or, you know, whatever it is, um, actually really displaced to have the values behind veganism and he was even talking about how he himself is an environmentalist and he said things like oh you know i can't call myself an environmentalist and be a cattle rancher that doesn't, that that doesn't make sense just... or you know he even opened up about how um what it felt like to drop off the cows at the sale barn and he told he told stories like you know they would look back at you and be like yo what's up like because you're the only one that that they know and he actually he said all that oh, um and he said wow like to, towards the end he was like you know um these are all things that were in my subconscious but i never really thought about them then you brought them up to the surface and uh you're walking the walk and he's all about walking the walk like he he's really all about is. that and you know because of the experiences that he's, that he's had like he's super open to being wrong about his beliefs i mean he's once completely transformed himself and uh so i i don't know it just really doesn't seem like this is that far off i don't off. think he is gonna be that far off i think what yeah. happened is he got right to the edge where he could have slipped right into veganism mm -hmm. like that and then we left and what do you do i mean i can't camp out at his house and you know yeah. fix his breakfast in the morning I would, <laughs> um maybe on our next program we'll figure that out yeah uh but yeah but so you know and so it's like i really am interested in um in exploring this next phase with him yeah. especially with the doctors yeah. and dr will tuttle has also volunteered to develop a course just for the farmers and ranchers that That's are working cool. with us yeah yeah and i, I want to talk about an experience i had yesterday yesterday we went to the um bites for better health, better health. <laughs> like healthy bites so like i know i keep trying to call it health. healthy bites but. and uh so it was it was a health conference it was a plant-based health conference uh, which is the type of event that i don't really go to culture that often. shock to you <laughs> Cult culture shock yeah <laughs> um because you know I, like I, I was never really a health i, I didn't first go plant-based for my health or anything Me it was either. never it was never about that um so even the health benefits of a plant-based diet which i do know about um that's not why i'm in it 
at all. So it's never something that I immerse myself too into. Um, but that being the case, it's something that I've been wanting to educate myself on more because I think it's important um, just to know and to be able to talk to people. And um, I, I don't know, it's just, I think it's important for me to know. So I am doing that. And I started reading How Not to Die, which is an incredible book. Wow. Um, but um, yesterday, sitting, um, I think it was during lunch or during one of the breaks, um, I was sitting there and everyone there is really health conscious. The same way that if you go to, say, an, an animal rights conference or an event, everyone is super animal rights kind of centered, right? And it was interesting because I really understood in that moment what it feels like to be around vegans or to be around quote-unquote militant vegans as someone who's not there yet. Um, and how it's like, well, you know, like because yesterday the way it felt to me was like, I was like, man, like they're they're probably right like i should probably listen to them but at the same time i could hear myself in the back of my mind being like yeah but like whatever i don't care that much yeah and also also this like more more importantly i was like man i i i know that i could go home tomorrow and then just never think about this again and kind of pretend it didn't happen even though i knew they were right and i can come up with all these excuses why it doesn't matter that much like in my in my mind literally like i'm like and the, and the thing, and this is what's crazy. Like, I think this is real. I'm like, well, I could become a more healthy vegan and, and eat a lot more whole foods, plant based. Um, and for the record, I'm not I'm not that unhealthy. I'm not like a super unhealthy vegan or whatever. Um, but I'm not as right. quote unquote healthy as as I could be. And the thing is, I could tell myself things like, well, you know, like, um, however I eat vegan it's not why I'm in it. Like there's no victim, like whether or not I eat a Carl's Jr. Beyond Burger or a Whole Foods plant-based diet, there's no external victim. There's, there's myself. So I, so I need to understand how I relate to that. Um, but you know, the, the point of the story is that I always make a very big effort to be empathetic towards people and to try to understand where people are coming from. And the way that I've done that is always look at my own experiences and how I feel in different situations and try to think about how different experiences relate. For example, I was like, oh, because yesterday I like I felt a little bit uncomfortable. Like I'm not, I wasn't that uncomfortable. I can feel you. I felt you though. I felt like it. you. You know, because the thing, like I'm really comfortable with being uncomfortable, so I don't mind it. But I still yeah. felt it and I still understood it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is how people feel. <laughs> you know, like and good for you. And. And I think that I think it's so important Self because awareness is so good. Yeah, because one of the a very common comments I get from people is, is something like, "Oh, I don't understand how people don't get it," or "I don't understand how people could yeah. not care." But the thing is, I totally understand because I have all these other situations and kind of things in my life that I do the same thing. You know, I think the same reason that say people might learn about animal cruelty or might learn about how animals are mistreated and then make up all these excuses because it's so crazy like people come up with these excuses that are more like rationalizations um things like um or i've seen them a lot recently things like oh you know like because i make comparisons say between dogs and chickens and cows and it's like oh but dogs are are pets and we've domesticated them and they serve as a purpose but then livestock are just livestock and oftentimes the argument doesn't go further than oh livestock are livestock that's what they're here for um or things like oh you know but um i like it so i don't really care yeah and like these the are all, and these are all excuses that if you think about all our lives i feel like we make in different parts of our lives like i've made the same excuse for say not doing something that i wanted to do say um one thing that i've been wanting to do 
regularly again is meditation. I've talked about it in like multiple podcasts and videos and it's crazy because I'm still not doing it. And literally, <laughs> literally the reason why, like, and I know that it's going to benefit me. I know it's the right thing. But literally, I think that the same reason that I haven't jumped back into doing regular meditation is the same reason that people don't jump into veganism. Well, you know what? What's interesting and in, that you brought this up because, you know, before I went vegan, I really wanted to better my health. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I wanted, I, so I went into this raw plant-based, um, you know, institute. This was years ago, right? Yeah. Years ago, Optimal Health Institute. Cause I was really wanting to better my health. Uh, and you know, I wanted to, you know, get, get rid of all the crazy stuff I'd done in high school and, yeah. you know, and yeah. you know, when I was in my wilder days <laughs> and so I was really wanting to do this cleanse and this detox and uh -huh. I was doing all this research. Yep. Uh, because, you know, I was really into yoga and meditation and the next thing for me was to, you know, cleanse. And so I found the Optimal Health Institute. I went for two weeks, oxygenated pool, uh, wheatgrass shots, you know, happy hour was wheatgrass shots and, you know, you could get them at noon. There was a colonic, uh, therapist there, massage therapist, acupuncturist. We juiced watermelon. We learned how to make, you know cheese out of uh sunflower seeds i mean and not and you know just and not with a bunch of stuff in it not oil just sunflower seeds mm -hmm. uh fermented them and made cheese and you know i just did learned i went to classes and i did all this for my health and when i got back after that you know i did it for about I don't know, almost six months. I think I really, I got the the real expensive juicer that I had to get. And I forget what it's called now, but it's a real big expensive one. I had a dehydrator and I was dehydrating, you know, fruit. I was juicing I, and I wasn't doing it for animal rights. I loved animals, but animal rights wasn't in my sphere. I was doing it for my health, you know. And then just like what happens to people around animals you know and why they can't go vegan because of mm -hmm. you know the tradition around mm -hmm. animals mm -hmm. in their you know in their families mm -hmm. the same thing started happening to me about you know the tradition around eating you know weird food you know like if you're eating something weird like a plant-based cheese that you put through a, a bag and you squeeze all the water <laughs> out you know and here's the cheese you know you know my, my mom wasn't impressed nobody was impressed but you know but me you know is nobody right. else wanted to do it yeah. with me and so i felt like an outsider and yeah. so eventually i slipped back into eating bacon and cheese and everything else i ate yeah. and you know but now you know but to go vegan for the animals like i did i mean it was so amazing because when i you know it took me four years of you know not being able to handle it out here it took me four years of just agony before I finally just flipped a switch. Right. You know, and now I think I can really do uh, plant-based for health mm -hmm. because I, it's something I've always been been interested in. Yeah. You know, yeah. and but like Tommy says, well, what difference does it make? Everybody's going to die. And I'm like, of something. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, but how about, you know, treating this vessel that we're privileged to embody, treating it the best we could treat it, really having uh an awareness of having really clean vessels yeah you know clean arteries clean heart you know clean colon clean gut yeah. i mean why not make sure our vessel is clean yeah. with good food yeah yeah one thing i've been thinking about is um the the reason that i think is important to think about health and the reason that i want to start thinking about it is because 
I want to treat myself the best way that I can. Yeah. And what I what I realized because I've done this a lot, not just physically but also like emotionally and mentally and, and things like that. Where, uh, you know, I real I noticed that at a certain point, and I think a, a lot of us go through this, we are much kinder to other people than ourselves. And or or we're more committed to other people than ourselves. Mm-hmm. And for example, we'll do things to ourselves that we would never want to do to a friend, or we would never want someone else to do to us, or to do to someone that we love. Um, say, for example, one very common one I, I've noticed is breaking commitments. Say, for example, uh, you know, I make time to hang out with you, and I'm like, this is like two hours that is scheduled to hang out with you. If something else came up or if someone else called me and was like, hey, do you want to do this? I'll be like, oh, sorry, I have a prior commitment, so I can't do that. Um, you know, but I've noticed that for me, for what I've done for a long time is if I have a commitment to myself and I'm like, hey, for these two hours, I'm going to do this, whether it be just for myself for fun or even if it's like some work thing, I'm like, hey, I want to work on this project for the for the next few hours. And then something else comes up. I'm very quick to break my commitment to myself in order to go do that. And so that's something that I would never want someone to do to me. That's something that I would never want to do to someone else, but I would do it to myself. And the, the health thing is the same exact thing. And so the way I always try to think about it is, you know, would I would I want someone that I love to go through this or to do this or say like, you know, people can be like, oh, would you like to do this to your child? Like, hey, would you feed this food to your child? If you wouldn't, then you probably shouldn't feed it to yourself because you probably care about yourself um, that way. So that that's kind of like how, how I've been thinking about it and why I think this is important. Well, yeah, and especially, you know, when you look at the ingredients on a box, I mean, sometimes the list is this long, you know, and you're only eating some you know some pasta i mean what the heck i mean how much can go in pasta or you know it's the you can't pronounce half the ingredients i mean and so the the whole thing about a whole foods plant-based diet is is really about getting back to eating what we're supposed to eat you know what grows in the ground what grows in the ground how about you know food is grown not born I love that. You know, yeah. McKenna, my friend McKenna says uh-huh. that all the time. Food is grown, not born. Yeah. And, you know, food is also grown, not processed. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we should really, I really, you know, I'm in a place right now like I did it today. I made um, the beans and rice today, the black beans and rice, all without oil. I just spiced it up real good. I made that uh, lemon lime juice with apple and pineapple and that was incredible i loved that do you yeah i love that like yeah i love that like punch like strong it was tart you talk about cleaning your arteries out this was a bunch of lemons and limes all organic and three or four apple crisp um honey crisp apples Uh i think they're called and um some pineapple some organic pineapple a bunch a whole a whole pineapple and i juiced it rind and all and uh, then I froze it, put it in the freezer, and made a slush. It yeah, out pretty good. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you a question about um, that experience you had way back when, when you went raw plant based for your health, and then you fell out of it. Did you feel almost like as you were falling out of it, you were because you were like, I guess the people around you or that the world around you wasn't aligned with that, and they were doing something else that provided more short term pleasure. And so, do you feel like you, as you progressively fell out of it you almost forgot about it and you kind of not not necessarily forgot but do you feel like you kind of put it to the back of your mind and you kind of just stopped thinking about it and there was a point where it's like it was it's almost like that time when you were doing that was another life departmentalized and like what it's called yeah like did, did you did you 
I'm super curious. Did you go through this phase where you were kind of thinking about it, and then it's like, and did you come to a point eventually when it you, it basically kind of never entered your mind? Yeah, it it basically you're exactly. You know, I when I started slipping out of it, um, you know, it was gradual. You know, I really got really gung ho about it when I was. Uh, you know what gung ho means, right? No. Gung ho, like you know, just really enthusiastic. Okay. I mean, I got like all in. Gung ho. Oh, okay. I was all in, man. And I got, you know, like I said, I bought all the equipment. I yeah. got all the nuts, yeah. you know, all the food, yeah. and, and the wheatgrass juicer, and did all that. And and um, and so then when I started, you know, being unable to fit in, it was just me. Um, I was divorced at the time. Uh, me and Tommy were divorced at the time, so I wasn't with anybody. Just me, myself, and I. And it just became very difficult and little by little I began to slip and you know and I'd still try to do it but then eventually uh I wasn't doing it yeah and I put the equipment up and and you just, just don't even think and about then it. it was compartmentalized and right. I, it was there and it was something you know even now talking about it because I'm just now really starting to come out and talk about this because I mean I've talked about it before like yeah you know I went you know raw whatever I went there but this is something I really need to reflect on, and you're helping me do that. So, um, you know, it was really interesting when I did stop. It was so gradual, and I really felt so bad. Uh, yeah. Something inside of me felt so bad because yeah. I betrayed myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, I betrayed myself because I, I really, think. really knew that it was the right thing to do. It's kind of like people that are eating animals, and they keep eating them. They're yeah. betraying themselves. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's what it is. And I think also that's part of the reason why I think it's so important um, for us as people in the movement to provide support for other people who are in the movement or other people who um, are vegan. You know, like sometimes it's, it's interesting because I, I put out all this content and I know that the majority of people that see it are people who already understand or people who already are vegan, even though it does also get spread out into other places. Um, the majority is people who are vegan. But that being the case, I keep getting positive feedback. And part of the feedback that I'm getting is that people will tell me things like, oh, like I remember, like I watch your videos and I remember why I'm doing this. Or, you know, it's empowering me to speak up and like talk to my family about this and, and things like that. And I think that's so important because like, I think it's, it's possible that say like you become vegan for a little bit because like something kind of clicks and then you can fall out of it. I think we've all seen that happen to people. But I think it also happens even after we become vegan and... Uh, you know, I think there's a point where, okay, like, I'm vegan now, like, I'm never going to not be vegan. But um, for me, for example, what happened was that at the very beginning, I was all in. I remember when I first became vegan, I called up my friends to, like, tell them about this. And, like, I even had, like, a couple friends, like, become vegan because I was so, like, oh, my God, like, I got to do something about this. I want to tell everyone about this. And then little by little, I fell out of that. And, you know, that passion that was initially there kind of died. because Where? I, where when? When I when I first became vegan, you're so passionate. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. Like when I first became vegan, oh. this this lit up, and then oh no, yeah, not now. Okay, but like two and a half years after I first okay. became vegan, it kind of progressively died down because I see. you weren't an activist then. I didn't know you. Yeah, I, I wasn't an okay. activist, and most of the people around me were not vegan. Wow. I only knew a couple people who were vegan but i was not great oh, friends with them cool. okay, I and get it. and see because i was in that environment similar to say if you're in a, in a if you're in a healthy environment you're gonna you're gonna do that 
um, if you're in an activist, like now I'm surrounded by activists, activism all the time, so I'm just like always in it. But because I wasn't in that, then what happened was that at first I was like, man, I really want to do something about this. And then progressively I kind of forgot about that and I kind of compartmentalized it the way that you said it. And, uh, you know, it wasn't until two and a half years later that I realized, similar with the health thing, you're like, well, we're betraying ourselves. I realized that was betraying the animals. Because for me, mm-hmm. as soon as it became vegan, like people are like, oh, like what got you to start doing something about it? And it would like, I mean, there was something that happens, but the point is like, there was not a point where I couldn't take it anymore. And I was like, I have to do something. Like I was always like that. Like, that's, I think that's the reason that a lot of us become vegan in the first place is because right. we're like, well, we got to do something about this. We got to, we and, got to do something. It's like, and you're making me think about something because, um, you know, if we, we like when I went vegan for the animals, there's no go, there's no going back for me. This yeah. is it. I mean, for me, that was the final straw. It was like, that's it. But think about it now. Think about how powerful vegans that go vegan for the animals. And then they take up a total plant-based diet, too. I'm, I've been thinking about this, okay? So just kind of follow me because I'm mm-hmm. going to just hear myself talk, yeah. okay? Because uh, I was witnessing it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Because we were around all of these doctors, mm-hmm. All of these <clears throat> nutritionists, yeah. right? All vegan. Uh, there was people there that were not vegan, obese, you know, that people had brought friends. Um, and, you know, what if our testimony as vegans for the animals and now we're plant-based, what if that in, it, in and of itself could help my, my mother that has full-blown, you know, diabetes, that's yeah. the medication. Yeah. What if, what if she didn't go vegan for the animals, but because she saw how it affected my life when I went plant-based, she then could start, you know, eating plants instead of dead animals. Yeah. I mean, what if we affect other people's lives to stop eating animals by eating better ourselves? Yeah, I mean, th- that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense to yeah. me. I'm super about it because one of the things that I'm trying to push in the community is that as vegans, we should thrive as people. Because if we don't, then who's going to want to listen to us? Like, we can have a great message, but before we communicate that message, if we're not in a place where we're having a great life, then why would anyone want to listen to us? Um, I think if you really break it down, the reason that's... Well, it's not the whole reason. There, There are a whole lot of things that go into it. But for me, at least, part of the reason that I've listened to people in the past and that I've wanted to do the things that they were doing is because they were thriving as people. Right. And, other, like, otherwise, why would I listen to them? Like, they might have a good point, but I don't really want to listen to them. Like, I was thinking like a lot... Like the Blue Zone people. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking a lot lately about how, you know, I have... I think part of the reason that I've been able to accomplish certain things that I've set out to accomplish in my life is because I take advice from people that have done the things that I want to do. I don't take advice from random people. I, I just, I don't want to listen to random people, not because I have anything against random people or they might have a good point, but there's an infinite number of people I could take advice from. So I'm going to choose to take advice from the people who've done what I want to do. Um, so that's what I've done. Yeah. But I'm like, well, if that's the case, then I got to become one of those people. Yes, and do. I think it's, it's a very, you know, and it's, it's for ourselves first. Like I realize I'm like, well, I should have the best life and kind of like all the areas of my life that I, that I can, whether it be my health, whether it be my relationships, whether it be like whatever it is, um, I should really push myself to thrive in all these areas so that then people can see that, yo, like what's up with this, with this dude? Yeah. Like, I, like I want what he has. Yes. And it's about educating ourselves. Just that's why I go to these healthy, yeah. uh, seminars you know because i've been to many of them and i go and i think i'm gonna be good for a while and then i go right back to eating you know junk food vegan 
uh, not all junk food vegan, but you know, like all the cheeses, you know, all the mayonnaises and all of that that's vegan, you know, everything, cupcakes, cookies, whatever, you know, I mean, I'll make that stuff, you know, and I go back that way because, you know, I'm living with Tommy and Tommy likes junk food, you know, he likes the Beyond Burgers, he likes the Beyond Sausages, and so they're in the refrigerator, you know, and I'm going to eat it, and um, I don't eat it near as much as he does, but you know, this is the story I've been telling myself. Yeah. Every time I come back from one of these places, I try to feed him right, plant-based, do this, and then he wants to do right for a while. Then the next thing you know, he's bringing home, you know, the So Delicious ice cream and the Follow Your Heart cheese in his own. <laughs> you know? So, so, but, you know, I, but this time, um, I'm going to, you know, one day at a time. And, you know, commit to, to doing a whole lot better because I really want to do it for myself. Right. And I think I think that's the key because I don't want people to listen to this and think like, oh, like, now you're telling us that we have to do this. Like, that's not that's not no. what it's about, I think, at all. It's it's really about, I think we all got to do what we want to do. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think the key is, like, with wanting to be healthier, it's like we do it for ourselves. Well, it's like, the same it, thing. It makes it's, sense to do it for it's ourselves. It's the same thing, though, as being, you know, traditionally with your family uh, over Thanksgiving dinner, you know, over Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas, everybody's eating the same thing. And so you feel unaccepted if you're a vegan around a everybody eating carnivore diet. I mean, I would feel totally out of place now. You know, I just don't even want to be there. It's the same thing with vegans that I know, very good friends of mine, if I was to sit at a table and, and order oil free, they would go, oil free? I mean, you know, like, there's something wrong with you. I mean, come on, you know, you're, you know, it's like, is it, but you know, but, but, but he's right. We're not telling you that this is what you need to do, but I'm 61 years old and I've been wanting to be healthier for a long time. And I've always had a health conscious, uh, mind and heart, yeah. you know, and so I've been in yoga for years and, you know, I meditate very, very rigorously. And sometimes I'm not as good at it either. I think that, um, you know, just walking meditation, a lot of your photography, a lot of what you do in nature is uh, meditation. So I wouldn't beat myself up because you're not sitting down to do it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because meditation can be um, just, it's just really mindfulness. And so, yeah. but you know, I think the main thing that is, uh, is important to me right now is that I've listened to that voice inside of myself and I really learned to um, take care of me, not appease the people around me by eating like they eat and this is this is what you know i learned this by being a vegan i mean i learned that i need to do this by being a vegan that i'm not going to appease my family and eat like them because now i know better i'm going to do better mm -hmm. and uh and the animals mean uh their lives mean everything to me i mean my i'd lay myself on the street and get run over for them today you know and and so now it's about okay, now I want to eat better. And I don't want to have to appease my family uh, because, you know, they want to eat oil. I don't want to eat it anymore. I don't want to put that oily junk in my body. Why would I want to put a calorie-dense oil that clogs my arteries? I don't, why do I do that? Because it tastes good? I mean, it's the same story. It's the same story, yeah. No, it's funny. Like, it's, it's, all, it's all the same things. And I think, like... Um, Instead of killing the animals, we're killing our damn selves. Yeah, and I, I think like part of what <laughs> part of what we should keep doing, and part of what I always strive to do is, I always try to look keep an eye out for where I could be wrong and where I could be doing better. 
Um, and I'm always conscious of that, like, cause it, cause it's interesting. Like sometimes, you know, like you can do this as, a, as an experiment if you're sitting at home or you can try this or whatever. Um, but try telling some of your vegan friends that they're wrong about something. And sometimes, not, not all the time, but like sometimes you'll see some of them react the same way that people react when you tell them about veganism and they're not vegan. And I think that's, I think that's really interesting. I think that that's something I always note cause I'm like, oh, okay. Like this makes sense. Like it's, it's, it's the same thing. And I always notice it when I do it too, cause sometimes I do it too. Or, you know, if I feel uncomfortable or whatever, but, um, uh, you know, I think it's important for us to always kind of remain open and, and think like, oh, like what could I be wrong about? Um, and how, how could I do better? I think that that can only help us. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, and so it's the animals, right? It's our health. And, you know, I'm, I'm now becoming more conscious, uh, more and more conscious about, you know, how I'm my footprint, you know, I mean, I really think about this can right here, right here. I think about it. I'm still drinking out of it, but I'm, I think about it. I used to never think about it. Um, you know, I carry my shopping bags in my, my car now. And when I go to the grocery store, I will not, I refuse to bring home a plastic bag. I don't care if I take, forget to take my bags in the store with me. You just I will carry them. Put all my groceries in the basket and take them to the, my car and then put them in my bags. Yeah. Because I'm just not. And when I go to the grocery store, just like I educate on veganism to the cashiers, uh, when they try to give me plastic, I'm like, no, let's, how about we save the planet and you keep that? <laughs> you know, and because, you know, in my mind now, I've got to also start doing better there. Yeah. I really do. I, I'm conscious about how I just use disposable items even clothing even you know it's just we become such a um an, a world where everything's about new things how about just repurposing things like what you're doing with your clothing you know i think that's such a great thing that you're doing with uh what's the name of it clothes against humanity <laughs> yeah clothes against humanity i just love that yeah thank you i and i think it's interesting because when i was thinking about it like for me there was no other way that i could do it um, and I, I think like, you know, one question, I, I got this a couple of times, like in the past week or so, which is interesting, but people ask me like, oh, like what's, what's the next step? Like once we're vegan, like, is there anything else we can do to become more conscious? And I think there are a million things that we can do to become more conscious. And I think we're all on that journey. And, uh, it's, it's been interesting because for me, one of the things that happens becoming vegan is that now all of a sudden I became aware of all these other things. I became aware of so much things and I basically started living my life where I was like, Hey, what's the impact of everything that I'm doing? Yeah. I don't always execute against everything, but I'm, I'm always getting better. Cause I, cause I, again, I feel like it's, it's like, it's interesting because part of it is like, I feel like we, it's what we should do, but part of it too. And the bigger part for me is I want to do this. Like I want to do better. It's, like, it's awesome to do better. I like it. I enjoy it. Um, you know, and so we keep kind of, kind of moving, moving in that direction. Um, but what I think is important too, is I think it's important to keep a positive outlook. And like you said earlier, not beat ourselves up. I think that there's a very fine line between, Hey, like let's always try to do better, but let's not beat ourselves up for the mistakes we're making today. But at the same time, let's not use, uh, let, let's not use this to make excuses for what we're doing today. Like it's, it's, exactly. it's, it's not that either because we could say like, Oh, like, we should be easy on ourselves and then we make excuses for everything. That's not what it's about either. Um, but it's about finding this balance between like, hey, like let's always try to do better because that's I want that's what I want well, to do. Yeah. yeah, we gotta remember, you know, shoot, we gotta remember we're in a we're plugged into a system that's just like the matrix. You know, we're plugged into a system that has programmed our culture, our heritage to uh, to to do the wrong things. We are programmed to do the wrong things and think it's right. See, that's 
the real kicker for me is that we really think we're doing right when we're killing ourselves, the animals, the planet, but we believe with everything in us because we're in this system that's feeding us this information and we regurgitate what we're taught. And so when we unplug and we plug into the system that feeds the earth, that sustains us, our bodies, our souls, our minds, our hearts, the animals, every earthling, when we plug into that system, it's in direct opposition with the other system. Right. Even though it's really the right thing. Yeah. That's freaking crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man, that's crazy. Yeah. We don't even know who we are, do we? That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I don't know how long you wanted to, to yeah. do this for. That's what I said. I don't know who We're we are. <laughs> who are we? I don't know. Who are we? I don't know. I, how did we get here? Were we like the two, the two, the two something? I like think we on another life, in another life, you know, I was, I was Ryuji and you were Renee. And we are... The two... Rowdy... Vegans... Yeah, in the world. Two, two, two rowdy vegans. 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 Two, two rowdy vegans. One plus one equals two rowdy vegans. But yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Two Rowdy Vegans. We appreciate it so very much. If you enjoyed this, episodes come out every Friday. And on top of that, um, if you want to subscribe to our podcast, that would be incredible. If you want to leave us a little review um, and a little five-star rating, if you enjoy the content, that would be incredible as well. But in any case, again, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Um, hope you like it. And also, let us know what you want to hear about on this on this show. Like I said, I don't really know how to get feedback because there's no comment section on the uh, <laughs> on the podcast. But if you want to comment um, either on the podcast Instagram page or if you want to send us a message, please do that and let us know what you think. In any case, thank you because, again. Because we're on. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, we're basically everywhere. You can look up the two Rowdy Vegans or you can also look up uh, Rowdy Girl Sanctuary and Peace Bay Vegan and all those platforms. We're basically everywhere. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you and uh, know what you think. But again, thank you so much. Have an incredible rest of your day wherever you are and uh, peace.